Welcome to Finance in the Clouds. Modern finance is broken, forcing finance and accounting teams to work like it's 1985, the year Excel was invented. Here, we talk about the struggles finance teams face in fast-growing companies and discuss how they can spend less time catching up and more time in the clouds. I'm your host, Jake Jones, multimedia producer and brand influencer at Zone & Co. And I'm joined this week by Tyler Santos, director of NetSuite Development and Joe Scavato, manager of solution consulting, both here at Zone & Co. Thanks for joining me today, guys. Real excited to have you. Thanks for having us, Jake. Looks good, looking forward to it. Automation can help take the busy work out of a lot of jobs, including jobs in finance. But is this tech reliable? Today, we are talking all about automation and finance and how you can use it to help your business grow. So Tyler, Joe, I'm really excited to get into this topic, talk about automation. Even before we started recording, we were having some some really enlightening conversations. So this is going to be a great podcast. But first, I wanted to give you guys some space to talk about who you are and what you do for us here at Zone. So Tyler, why don't you start? Sure. Again, thanks so much for having us. Um, so yeah, my name is Tyler Santos. I run our engineering team here at Zone Co. So we kind of build solutions for our finance customers to you know automate their business processes and kind of increase their productivity. Great. Joe, tell us about yourself. Yeah. Hey, everyone. I'm Joe Scavato. I run this uh, pre-sales solution consulting team here at Zone. So doing demonstrations, uh, the, the products that Tyler and his team have built kind of over, over the period of time and really help uh, companies show how you know, we can really help optimize a company's business. Again, really excited to have you both on today. The first question I want to ask you guys and just kind of talk about, we talk a lot about automation being the future of finance. And so is automation the future of finance in y'all's opinion? So the quick and easy of it is I think absolutely, right? So if we look over the last couple of decades, Finance and accounting used to be ledgers and books that people would keep in their office, you know, and you'd have a, you know, a bunch of people that trying to manage and remember numbers and audit those numbers across those books. And that obviously wasn't an efficient thing. So over the last couple of decades, you know, we've seen people start to use computers to really start to track that, whether that was computers locally in their office. And now we've seen a big migration to the cloud over the last 10 years um, of all of that data and all of those systems so that more people have access to it. There's more visibility and there's more information um, and it's a little more efficient. But if we look moving forward, specifically in finance, there's a lot of processes, whether it is, you know, day-to-day transactions coming through or you have, you know, your month end close process or even your auditing processes quarterly or annually, you know, there, there are is kind of checklists there of things that need to be done. And those are all opportunities to increase efficiency and not rely on, you know, people to have to do that work if, you know, computers and systems can pick up the heavy lifting. Years ago, manual journal entries that were ultimately taking place, but now being able to scale up, have more real-time visibility, not have to always wait to month end to look at your numbers, right? That is really helping companies with that automation to be able to know, you know, halfway through the month, how am I looking, right? Something happened at the beginning of the month that could change the rest of the whole period. But if you're having to wait on individuals who could be in a month, month and a half delay, 
to enter that information, you're not going to have that visibility. When I think about automation, I really think of it as giving people the opportunity to actually do some additional insight of what's actually happening. Right? When you have to enter in data very arduously every single month or every single period or check manually a number of different boxes, well, you're missing out on an opportunity of, was there a trend in place? Is there something that I could have been more alerted to because something happened? But if you can know that in real time, you can make maybe inventory changes, you can make changes right, right then and there, as opposed to kind of waiting for end period, end of maybe some companies end of quarter. And that could be you know, a month and a half away. Let's talk about what are some financial processes that can be automated in NetSuite and, and maybe even other ERP systems. What are some of those financial processes we can automate already? You know, if we look at the kind of the verticals of what makes up a finance department, right, you have like accounts receivable, accounts payable, uh, you have billing. So on the accounts receivable side, you know, payments and the collection of funds and tracking those funds is something that with today's technologies, whether it's payment providers, ACH payment automations with the banks, things like that, the tracking of those funds can be easily done and communicated from your external sources like your banks into your ERP so that you are aware of how much money is in your accounts. Do that audit and make sure that you did, you know your collections are all set. And then other things like accounts payable. Doing business is nothing more than doing more business with other people. And in order to do that, you need to you know maintain in those relationships and pay people out. But you know managing what is due and when can be complicated when you receive different types of bills in different places. And there's a lot of ways in which you can automate those collections and make sure that you're not paying vendors too much or too little. And then on the billing side, actually charging your customers, there's ways to make sure that we can track the contractual amounts that you know you have with your customers and make sure that it's reliable and predictable. Yeah, one in particular is just you know bank reconciliation. I remember the the, the days as a, as a former auditor actually seeing controllers like one by one, you know, checking the the box, say, hey, this matches over here. This is on the bank statement. Here is closed out, and that was a lengthy process. So even if a company only has a, a hundred bank transactions a month, right? How does that actually flow? Right? Was Tyler was talking about with ability to integrate with you know your payment processors and your in your banks that just makes that matching so much easier. So now you're managing by exception instead of looking at a company with maybe a higher volume, a thousand line items per month. Right, that just gives you that more visibility. You know, what happens if there's a batch payment, like a large ECH payment that they cleared the bank? How does that reconcile with the hundred transactions that actually happened in your ERP? All right. And that was always, I remember auditing a company, they it was so hard to ask them, like, well, what, what's this made up of? What's this payment made up of? And it literally took them like a week to figure it out because they had to go talk to five different people in different departments to see where the source of it actually came through. You know, Tyler was talking about the, the billing um, side of the house from the AR, and it's billing the customer their contracted amount. Maybe it's a monthly minimum, but we've seen a lot of times is companies aren't always charging the minimum because they don't have an automated way of tracking it. It's potentially lost revenue that you're just sitting out on the on the books because even though the contract said we're going to bill you 10000 a month, well, I have no way to compare that against what actually happened for the period. Right. So it's automating those things. And like I said, managing by exception. I think to add to that, Joe, I think you, you just reminded me of a really great example of we know in the finance world, like everybody in the finance department, their task list is not small. Like they are busy all the time. And as businesses change, especially as agile as businesses are 
you know, in this, this era, they are constantly going to market with new business models or new ways to do those contracts. At the end of the day, if the sales marketing team or whoever wants to go to market with a new go to market model, they'll go, oh yeah, we're going to do this. And somebody in finance will, you know, audit this spreadsheet at the end of the month and they'll reconcile the numbers. And it's a, it's an afterthought, right? Putting in the systems that support your processes so that you can be more flexible, even more upstream in your funnel into your, your go-to-market strategy really kind of supports the really the goal of finance, which is to support the business. That's amazing to hear all the things that can be done. And I know we're going to talk more about how you can really take advantage of some of these automations that do exist. And so I'm excited to get to that. But kind of a question that sparked this whole topic for me was just this question of how reliable are these automations? I told you guys before we started recording, I have some smart lights in my house that I've automated a couple times to turn on at eight o'clock and shut off at five or, or whatever. And nine times out of 10, they work. But there's always just that one or two times that uh, it fails. And I'm sure it's something on my part. User error is obviously a factor there. But back to that question, how reliable are these automations when it comes to what you can do through NetSuite and some of these other ERP systems? As a very general statement, you know, most things can be automated, but there is one large dependency and that's kind of what your data is or what your input is. And, you know, we see with customers that we work with all the time that are particularly large and they're trying to grow their businesses, they want to automate these processes. The crippling component is really the data. Is that dirty? And where is that coming from? That's kind of the dependency there. If you put uh, bad stuff in, you're going to get bad stuff out, right? And like we can architect ways to make sure that we can cleanse things along the way, but that's the biggest dependency. If the data goes in, then we can create predictable flows of automation about what is going to happen given certain business rules and criteria related to your finance processes. But if the data isn't unpredictable, you know, that's where you're going to get your, uh, the light bulb's not going to turn on that uh, one out of 10 times. I love that. That's such a great way to think about it of you're going to get what you put into it. If you can really kind of streamline it early on. And as you said, kind of clean it up as you go along, it's going to work a lot more often than it won't. So uh, Joe, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I think with you know most automation tools, the ability to kind of put checks in place as well, right? So, you know, for example, if you're automating an AP run to go out automatically, having metrics and having visibility into period over period changes, right? Was I expecting a 2% increase? Well, it's 5%. Should I go look at that information, right? And maybe it's completely valid percentage increase. Some of the things that you can do is write these reports that are pretty simple to, to write at this point with most systems, especially within uh, NetSuite, but to give you that analytics side of the house, hey, it looks like I only send out 10 vendor bills this period. Well, I was expecting more, right? You could talk to an AP clerk. She knows exactly, you know, he or she knows exactly how much needs to be sent out that period, right? Because they just are living that information every month, right? So when you look at that information, it is trusting the process, but at the same time, putting the checks, putting the reports and the metrics around the process as part of the individual's day-to-day job. It is kind of looking for that, that trend like we talked about before, but also being able to, you know, hey, everything look right here, right? Before you know, closing out the period. I think that leads great into another question that I had about, should people who work in finance be worried about job security as automation is becoming more prevalent? You know, the way I've kind of thought about it too, is that if we look at, you know, some of these tasks that we want to automate can be pretty monotonous tasks, right? looking at an Excel spreadsheet from one system, looking at another, 
doing some type of VLOOKUP to validate the data is working. Very kind of monotonous tasks that you, depending on the size of your business, could be hundreds to hundreds of thousands to millions of rows of data. And the way that we kind of look at it, you know, is automating those processes enables people to do, as Joe was saying, more value added benefits to their finance team rather than just keeping the lights on type of work. If you don't have to do things like audit those spreadsheets every month, you can do more things where you are analyzing the data to make sure, hey, it looks like there is an issue in this region related to shipments getting there at a certain time, or our collections are behind, our payment terms have dropped. Things like that in order to actually increase the predictability of the business and make it more of a proactive attribute rather than a reactive. I've seen some of those Excel spreadsheets where I've had to audit them and it's 20 tabs, right? Where one little data input can completely derail the entire workflow. Is this information right? And is this information valid? People are spending hours, you know, every single month looking at this information, but then you can really turn that person, like Tyler said, to be more efficient in their day to day, which gives you the more time to actually do other activities. Maybe it's something that you want to do, right? Maybe you want to explore your current role, right? To expand inside the company. Maybe it's, you know, to actually look at, provide that value added service of, hey, something's going on in this part of the, the country. I've now spotted that. Like, what's your you know, kind of solutions for that? These people are living and they know every kind of piece of the uh, the pie. So it gives them that information, right? As opposed to like the day-to-day manual entry to really focus on, one, is the data clean that comes through? Is this what we're expecting to happen? Accountants love numbers. So what's my period over period? I still look at it, right? As like, what happened last month? What's going on this month? What's going to happen next month? And that ability to forecast into the future just really helps people. But it's really hard to do that if you're inside of an Excel system every single day. Automation gives you the freedom to focus on other things and to make sure, and like you're saying, analyze and make sure that everything is going smoothly and, and also that your business is doing well. And how can, what could we do better? Let's play with these numbers here. So I love that. As someone is maybe looking into different programs or apps, when they're looking for these automation features, what should a customer be on the lookout for? In other words, like what are signs of a good automation system? Like with any product, whether you're a business or a consumer, right? Like it needs to be solving your pain point. If when you're on the lookout for a good automation system, it's really good to be aware of like, what is the problems that you are facing in your day-to-day business? Whenever you guys have those moments where you're sitting at the keyboard and you go, there has to be a better way. <laughs> those are the opportunities where we say, okay, like we can automate this. And when you find a solution for it, the key is to make sure that you can control attributes. I like to think of it as like, what can you tinker with it, right? You should be able to control the volume of things that get automated. Is it a portion of your business? It's the entirety of your business. Is it specific subsidiaries, classifications, certain types of items that you sell, portions like that? You should be able to control it so that you can onboard the solution or the automation to your liking. And then secondly, that's kind of on the input, but on the engine of the automation itself, you should have flexibility to be able to configure how that data is getting processed. The systems that we see customers use that are the most successful is when they can really align them with their business processes as their business operates today and not have to rejigger their business too much to a system. 
and the systems that we find that don't work in people that we talk to, it's systems that want you to operate in one specific way, which might not fit for your industry or how your team works. So those are the kind of things I think that people should look out for. To build upon the, the flexibility, I like to think of it as like dialing up the automation to really be tailored to your business. And depending on what side is it on the AR side or the AP side, do I want the invoice to go out automatically? Do I want my vendor bill to just be automatically paid? Does it go through one level of approval? Does it go through seven levels of approval? I remember the days where it was literally a piece of paper that went around from you know, AP clerk to AP manager to controller, right? And just sat on people's desks, right? So you're, you're losing out on the automation. But now with automation is you can scale up the number of you know, approval chains. Does it automatically get emailed to the CEO because it's over a certain threshold? But maybe the CEO doesn't live in the system. So you need that flexibility to maybe approve via email. And then if you think of it from a, a billing perspective is, hey, what invoices do we want to send to the customer automatically? Everyone is going to have that sensitive client that maybe you want to be hand-delivered. Right? You still want someone to print it and go in and hand-deliver it. But you need that ability to dial up the automation. And I like to think is... Companies shouldn't just, you know, put in a system and just automate tomorrow, right? And just be completely hands-off. It's really to say, which portion of our business can we start automating today? Which ones can we slowly add in as a phase two, phase three to really get comfortable with the solution? Like we talked about, build those checks and balances around the solution as well. But really focus on, hey, we have a lot of enterprise customers. Or we have a lot of customers that have exceptions. Like maybe I never want those to go through, but now you're just managing a smaller task list. Now you're just focusing on making sure your white glove customers, your high ranking, or ones that are just more complex contracts, by exception. I love that. Great insights all around. Focus on flexibility and making sure you take your time, implement those checks and balances as you go. My last question for you is, how can a company really harness the power of automation? You really need to make sure that you have a really great understanding of your business processes today right? And why those processes are the way they are. People come in and they don't really, whether it's because of turnover within their company or whatever, they're not really sure why or they add value. Is it really a component of their business or is it something that somebody had asked for at one time? So really understanding where you are today is really key to enable you to get to where you want to be in the future. Yeah. I like to think of it as taking an outside look. I remember when I was working in finance, and I was doing a month-end close process. There was an additional like seven tabs in this workbook that someone was doing every single month. And I was like, what are they doing? They literally didn't contribute to the end result that we were doing. But someone was doing it every single month. It didn't help the overall process or anything. So I was able to trim that up by taking that step back, looking at it. Right? But if you now apply that to systems, a lot of times you'll ask, you know, individuals, well, why are you pressing the button? Or why are you entering in invoices or payables manually? Well, that's because we get the data that way. And then to Tyler's point is, well, maybe it's a data hygiene issue, right? Maybe it's something that we just need to clean the data up to free up the automation. But you got to take that step back for a second. Look at the overall process. What is the outcomes that we're trying to get to? And then we can say, okay, great. I know the final objective that we're getting to. Start from scratch. What's the most streamlined way of getting there? And now you can supplement your processes, your systems in place, making sure that you have the controls along the way. But now you can almost design it from scratch while leveraging the systems you have today. And you're going to see lots of opportunities 
oh, hey, if we got the data a little bit different, that's going to save us so much more time. Well, Joe, Tyler, this has been a great conversation talking all about the possibilities that automation can bring to a business to help them grow, to keep them flexible, and to really free up employees to be more of a value add for the company. A lot of really exciting stuff. Thank you both for bringing your insight and your expertise to this conversation. It's been great having you both on the show. Thanks so much for having us, Jake. Yeah, thanks, Jake. This has been fun. Now, we want to hear from you. Are you using automation to help your business grow? Let us know by emailing hello at zoneandco.com. Finance in the Clouds now posts bi-weekly on Fridays. And if you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to Finance in the Clouds wherever you get your podcasts or watch us on YouTube on the Zone & Co. YouTube channel. And we'll see you next time.